So, uh, in this tradition, the primary practice is vipassana, which means to see clearly, insight meditation. Um, I just need to stop for a second um, to go okay, practical mode. Um, if you're here and taking CEs, CEUs, then you need to sign in now. Um, and at the end of the day. So if you haven't done that, please do that, otherwise we can't give you credit. Um, so where was I? Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the primary practice here is Vipassana, insight meditation, to see clearly, with using the practice of mindfulness, this ability to be attentive and awake to our experience as it unfolds moment by moment. And the practice of the, 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 the meta practices, the, the loving kindness practice, the compassion practice, come into, into a scheme of what the Buddha called the Brahma Viharas or divine abodes, heavenly abodes that we can, the, uh, uh, divine abodes of the heart. So when we're in those places of love, kindness, compassion, it can feel very uh, divine in a certain way. Um, so these pr- we teach these practices together because they really support each other. We need both awareness, which brings clarity and insight and depth and understanding. But we also need the heart, love, kindness, that softens and fleshes out and connects and embraces ourselves and each other and, and, and uh, interconnection. So um, they're, they're all of a piece. And I, I we teach them somewhat separately, but they're really one and the same. When we develop love, we're also developing awareness. When we develop awareness, we're also developing connection and sensitivity and heart. So, um, and there's a place for learning, learning the practices distinctly. Um, but I, I, I want to thread through the day that these, the, the, they're really one and the same orientation, which is how do, we, how do we orient to life, to ourselves, to experience, to each other with a kind presence with an awake heart, um, which sounds very simple and, of course, is not so easy when we get caught up in our stuff and our fears and projections and whatever stuff, Christmas shopping, emails, you know, the usual laundry list. And they're available because they're the nature of our heart. You know, we have this Buddha nature that has this innate capacity to love. I noticed when this gentleman said it's his birthday, a lot of, I just noticed the room, a lot, there was a a movement in the room of like, oh, like just a spontaneous sort of warmth and goodwill, you know, that comes out. We have that innately within us. You know, we see a young baby like Rio, and for the most part, unless there's something else going on, for the most part when the heart is, relaxed and at ease, what do we feel? We feel, ah, we feel a kind of sense of care and warmth and protectiveness and sweetness and uh, kindness. Yeah, so it's to, I really want us to feel into, to sense into the naturalness of these qualities that we're, you know, coming here today to learn something that's locked in a box at Spirit Rock, you know, that you leave here or you you know, it's, it's, we're just waking up 
what's already within. We may go to sleep, we may get shut down, we may, you know, traumas happen, losses happen, all kinds of things happen where we shut down and harden and, and contract. And so part of these teachings are just reminders of, oh yes, this awakened heart that lies within each of us. Oh yes, I can, I can remember that. I can know that. I can feel that. I can call that forth. I can cultivate it. I can realize it. So that's the blessing of this kind of day. Is we get a chance to to dive in, you know, to stop shopping and uh, start being. So. What a great gift you've given to yourselves. You've the, the, the hard work is getting here now. You just relax. Sense your body, sense your heart. Take a look at what's happening in relationship to these qualities. Sometimes they'll arise, sometimes they won't. Just like in life, sometimes they're available, sometimes not so available. This is a quote from Mary Oliver, the poet. She says, There is nothing in this world, if I can pay attention to, to it long enough, that does not cease to foster wonder, and with wonder comes love. If there is, I haven't found it yet. There's nothing in this world that I've yet to find, that if I pay attention to it long enough, it's, it doesn't cease to foster wonder, and love. So this is the f- this is a beautiful example of the fusion of love and awareness. When we're really present, fully attending, connected, it's much easier for the heart to open. This is from Joanna Macy who puts it this way. She says the Dharma path, the Dharma being the teachings of, of Buddhism and wisdom teachings, the Dharma path strikes me as profoundly erotic. Buddhism teaches us to pay attention, and if you mindfully put your attention on anything, you find love arising for whatever it is. I like that quote because you don't see Buddhism and eroticism usually (laughs) in the same (laughs) sentence very much. So, you know. Um, I remember being on this course uh, on the East. I used to do a lot of my meditation retreat practice on the East Coast IMS, which is. sister center of Spirit Rock. And in the old days, uh, when it was a little more beaten up and run down, and um, there was there a lot of cockroaches um, at night in the kitchen. And, and they'd come out in the dining room and sniff around and do what cockroaches do. And, um, and of course, everybody, because it's a silent meditation retreat, everyone's walking really slowly, so none of them get stood on. And everyone's cultivating, you know, loving kindness. So they're all receiving lots of metta. <laughs> they're most loved cockroaches I've ever met. <laughs> wandering around freely. <laughs> they may be happy. <laughs> Don't come near me, but may be happy. So, and you know, in this. In this world, in our lives, with the the, the, the ten thousand joys and ten thousand sorrows, as they say in Zen, um, we need to have some 
resources and capacity how to meet this, this, this full catastrophe called life. Um, and in my experience, uh, the, the, mm, the sum of all the practice that we do and all these learnings and teachings and uh, in, my, in my experience and my understanding is to meet what arises with presence and with love. That that's, that's, that's the fruition of our practice, that we learn how to meet and embrace the, even the most horrific thing with an open heart that doesn't shut us down, doesn't contract us, doesn't uh, trigger us into fear or hatred or rejection. Not to say we don't do and take action with many of the horrors or injustices we might come across or the pain. But first we learn how to meet it with this very powerful embrace. And I've seen that in my own practice and watching countless other people um, to see how it's, and it's such a small thing, but it's revolutionary to turn towards our experience with acceptance, to turn towards it with understanding, to turn towards it with kindness. Because it's so easy, as you've probably noticed, for us to dismiss, to reject, to avoid, to contract, to suppress. Anybody notice doing any of that stuff around yourself, family, difficult people, difficult situations? And so life is always presenting these these situations, these challenges where, oh, and this, oh, and this, oh, really, and this, oh, and this, oh, I'm going to break open, and this, oh, I don't break open, wow, and this, oh, wow, it feels good, wow, and this. <laughs> and then something happens, and, go, and then we shut down again. Oh, and this, I, and I open to the fact that I'm shut down. Oh, and if I open to the fact that I'm shut down, what happens? Oh, I feel a little less shut down. Oh, what about that? Amazing. So what's distinct about this quality of metta as opposed to our normal understanding of love, which has been sadly so sentimentalized um, in this culture, is um, that it has a more boundless quality to it. So the purest love being the love that, it, that um, as, as, as one saying puts it, I want everything for you, but I want nothing from you. I want everything for you, but I want nothing from you. That I can give of myself and love you and accept you just as you are, but I don't, ex- I don't have any expectations about receiving anything back. That's the, that's the quality of, of metta. That's, it's, it's boundless. It, it doesn't demand. It doesn't, there's no expectations. It's freely offered. It's a generosity of heart is, is what it is. And it has this uh, quality of non-attachment to it, where we're allowing this person, this situation to be as it is. So it's so in, the, in that way, it's a rarer quality. And again, we all have access. We all we all have known this and have tasted this, and and it's also um, an ideal. It's an aspiration. 
So where in my life is my love conditional? We're more familiar, we're more familiar with receiving conditional love. I love you if you be a good boy and a good girl. I'll love you if you love me more. I'll love you if you don't leave me. I'll love you, you know, and so we're familiar with love with conditions. So this this unconditional love is is rarer and all the more beautiful for it. And we know it when we receive it because it, it's such a it's such a sense of generosity to it and it's so unsticky so freely given so maybe you can recall some person or some experience where you were touched by that quality of love like I felt that from certain teachers that I've studied with um, grandparents you know this where, where that, that that purity comes through and you go oh that's that's the that's the possibility of love that's the capacity of love Poet Hafez puts it like this. He says, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. The sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. So the Buddha uh, made the analogy of it's like gentle rain, gentle rain that, that covers everything equally. It's radial, but it's gentle. So, and as I said, we have this capacity. We touch it, and we can learn from it. We can learn from others. This is a um, poem I love from Naomi Shihab Nye, a wonderful Palestinian poet called Red Brocade. She writes... The Arabs used to say, when a stranger appears at your door, feed them for three days before asking who they are, where they've come from, and where they've headed. That way, they'll have enough strength, enough strength enough, they'll have enough, (laughs) they'll have strength enough to answer. Or by then, you'll be such good friends, you don't even care. Let's go back to that. Rice, pine nuts, here. Take the red brocade pillow. My child will serve water to your horse. No, I was not busy when you came. I was not preparing to be busy. That's the armor everyone puts on to pretend they had a purpose in the world. I refuse to be claimed. Your plate is waiting. We will snip fresh mint into your tea. So, it's just a lovely metaphor of how generous of heart this quality can be. So just notice as I'm talking, I'll talk a little longer, um, what's happening in your body as you listen, what's happening in your heart, what's happening in your mind, responses, memories, disagreements, just, just make space for all of it. Someone was asking, this lady was asking about my nature uh, work and I and I do a lot of my teaching and practice and retreats out in nature and uh, I'm going soon down to Baja to do a kayaking uh, retreat and I remember one year um, we went out in a boat uh, to see the the gray whales carving um, 
not carving wood, but carving babies. <laughs> um, and uh, so we, we, we came up, uh, up uh, against a um, mother and a calf. And the calves are very curious. The mothers are obviously more uh, guarded and protective. Um, but the, the mother hangs out, and then the, the calf often swims up to the boat. And then sort of turns on its side, and his big eye just looks at you, just checks you out. And it's the same thing. It's like the, the heart just responds with this, this instinctual quality of care and love. It's really so innate within us as, as mammals, as, as animals, as humans. This is a story from a friend of mine. Um, she writes, Anne is, this is an email she sent me, Anne is feeling way better. She seems so appreciative that I've been here for her. I'm so happy to do it. I love doing stuff like this. It's kind of the most natural thing to me to do. She's talking about taking care of a friend. I love living true responsiveness. Like if there was a car accident, while the sound of the crash is still reverberating, my body is running towards the scene. I can't help it, and I love that feeling, moment response. No thinking, just doing. I feel, feel so at home in that. So that's, that's the instinctual quality where sometimes we, we, don't, we, we know the, it hasn't had a chance to move through the, the rational mind of, shall I help him? I don't know what to do, but we just move. And when we've, we're at the scene of the accident, you know, helping somebody up. So what I want to invite today is, um, is, is to look at and how, how you meet yourselves, how you meet your own humanness. Because that's one of the hardest places for us with this quality is how we meet ourselves. We're often so, anybody hard on themselves? Anybody beat themselves up, push themselves, judge themselves? Um, anybody not do that? <laughs> it's a national epidemic. Just hasn't hasn't made it to the um, what is it? The NDC, the National Disease Control. Um, so uh, and I, and I and I track that in myself. You know, the days when you know, the critic is operating and, th- and there's harshness and there's pushing and there's judgment and there's uh, impatience. And then there's other days when love uh, is more accessible and there's just, there's just a softness and a forgiveness. When love is present, there's so much more forgiveness, so much more understanding of, oh, of course I did that. Of course I said that. Of course I didn't do that. Of course that happened because I'm human. And that's what happens. We make mistakes. We say the wrong things. We, we act out sometimes, we're blind at other times. And uh, when there's a quality of, of kind presence, there's a, there's a spirit of, there's a capacity to hold that, to accept it. And of course, when we can accept it, rather than rejecting and hating and judging, which doesn't allow any understanding, just allows for more repetition because we're not really open to learning, because we can't really we don't want to deal with it because it's too painful. If we accept it and open to it with kindness, we also get to feel into well, what's what's going on there. How can I keep doing this that really doesn't serve me or somebody else? There's a little more room for exploration. So we'll start the practice with ourselves. Um, they say in the tradition, 
uh, one of the things I like about the meta practice is they say you do it in the easiest way possible. So, which is a little counterintuitive because we think if it's hard, it must be good medicine and must be you know good for us if it's difficult. But with with opening the heart, we 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 do it in a way that most allows it to to come forward. So, um, and that traditionally was with ourselves, but of course we're not necessarily our easiest person. So I'll play with who we start with, so we can find the easiest person, and it might be your dog. <laughs> really, <laughs> or your cat, or your goldfish, or some other benign creature that doesn't trigger you in the same way that your partner might, or your children, or your parents, or yourself. The Buddha said, the whole world we travel with our thoughts and we find no one as dear or as worthy as our own self. No one is wor- no one worthy of our own loving kindness as our own self. Or as Oscar Wilde put it, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong love affair. So I think that's a really good thing to remember. We spend a lot of time seeking and working on love affairs outside of ourselves, which is a beautiful thing. And um, and we forget about the primary love relationship with our, with, is with our own heart. And that's really the basis, as we know, for any other successful relationship, is how we are in relationship to ourselves. So... This is from Nisargadatta, a wonderful Indian teacher. He said, when you know beyond all doubt that the same life flows through all that is, and you are that life, you will realize naturally and spontaneously, when you realize the depth and fullness of the love of yourself, you know that every living thing, everything in the universe is included in your affection. When we realize this love of ourself, when we touch that sense of self-kindness and acceptance, what happens? We start having greater capacity to include others. It's a very natural and organic thing. And I'll close with the great Dharma teacher, Catherine Hepburn, who <laughs> said about love, <laughs> she said, love has nothing to do with what you are expecting to get, only what you're expecting to give which is everything. Very beautiful way of summarizing this work. So, um, What we'll do is we'll take a little break, and you've been sitting for almost an hour now, so out of love and kindness to your bodies, um, we'll come back and sit together. And uh, if you want to sit on cushions, you can grab them in the corner, you can sit up front here, or you can sit at the back. Um, so what I'll suggest is while we're on in here, while we're in sort of retreat mode, um, I'd 
like to ask that you um, uh, don't talk too much, uh, that you stay quiet in here and quiet out there just to sort of maintain a sense of continuity and connection to the material, to what's happening inside yourself. People might be in very tender places. Um, so, um, so we'll take a five-minute break for a bathroom, tea, water, and then we'll come back for some sitting practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.